All right. Today we're talking about fostering fierce friendships. How's that nice. for alliteration? You know I like alliteration. Yeah, we love alliter- alliteration. You got to have it. You know. <laughs> so here's the deal: not all friendships are created equal. Mm. Okay. So it's we have friends. Everybody has friends. Hopefully, <laughs> if you don't have friends, send us an email. <laughs> this is a cry for help. We need friends, people. <laughs> everybody but us has friends. Um, but if you, everybody's got friends, but the question is. What is a fierce friend? Okay, that's obviously fierce marriage, so we're using that term. But really what we're asking is, what is a gospel-centered friendship? What does Christian community look like for a married couple within the context of a married life? And how can that Christian community help you go further into trusting Jesus? Yeah. Yeah. Right. So, how can how can a Christian community love you well? Yeah, they're going to love you well through advocating for your marriage, through helping you through hardship, through pointing you to the gospel when you forget who Jesus is, forget who you are. So thank you for joining us today. It should be a lively conversation. We will see you on the other side. Welcome to the Fierce Marriage Podcast, where we believe that marriage takes a fierce tenacity that never gives up and refuses to give in. Here we'll share openly and honestly about all things marriage, sex, communication, finances, priorities, purpose, and everything in between. Laugh, ponder, and join in on candid, gospel-centered conversations. This is Fierce Marriage. I do have to apologize in advance. I feel like my voice is a little more sultry today. I'm just mm. getting over that cold. So um, hopefully it's not too bad. I feel like it's pretty clear. You got a little cough a little, going on. A little on. cough, a little tickle in the throat here. So um, okay. hopefully that will not deter any listeners. But um, I'm excited to get started with this episode because you know Mm -hmm. how I love talking about community and Christian community and I think the struggle for me honestly has been being able to differentiate between friendships because I think for so long I would just share too much with the wrong people and it would just Mm -hmm. not go over well because I just like well I thought they could handle this and maybe they would give me good advice it's like well not so good (laughs) well I think one of the big challenges is to identify and uh, discern between different friendships and how appropriate or inappropriate they are for certain marital issues that you're right. you're having because right. obviously you feel loyalty to friends and we should feel loyalty to friends right even if they're not believers we can be loyal friends we can be good friends Absolutely. to people however there's a special spot in our lives that can only be occupied by christian community yes so that begs the question what is christian community what does the bible say about friends what does the bible say about not just people we have affinity for mm. but people that we are living life alongside in light of the gospel right we may not be best friends and that we're not hanging out every weekend but we do expose ourselves in meaningful ways our hearts that is mm-hmm. <laughs> we expose our hearts <laughs> to in meaningful ways to people that can can speak into our lives and that is christian community um so it, it i think it, it, it we need to kind of add some texture to this Absolutely. thus the podcast episode right so before we jump into more of that conversation yeah a little housekeeping for you all mm. just a big thank you to all of you who are listening who've rated sent a review that is so helpful to us please 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 keep doing that hit that yeah. five star review if you have not uh leave a little review a little articulation of what you liked specifically uh so other people can when they stumble across it can identify with other people saying yes i love this about this and why you like it or how it's been helpful, mm. um, that would really, those little words go a very long way for us. So we so appreciate that. Yes. If you want to support this podcast, you can do so via Patreon. Uh, that's fiercemarriage.com. Nope. So let's slow down. That's <laughs> Patreon. Patreon.com slash fierce marriage. Um, you can go ahead and partner with us in that way. Definitely, we ask you to pray about that with your spouse. 
um, and then consider an amount if you would like to give. That helps us kind of keep this ad free. We've got transcriptions going. Yes, and that's and because of our patrons. Yes. Uh, we have new initiatives in the works. Actually, I'm looking at our Patreon page. We just had a new a new patron jump on board. Ooh. Robert, thank you for joining. And Joanne, Lauren, hey, Ooh. welcome to the welcome to the team. Welcome to the team. Team Fierce. We're just going to use that word until it's tired and, <laughs> tired and dried out. That's awesome. So yeah, uh, please do uh, pray about partnering with us. We keep that keeps us ad free. All that good stuff. Mm-hmm. Finally. If you hear anything that prompts a question, please ask. You can do that by calling or texting us at 971-333-1120, or you can go on to our fiercemarriage.com slash podcast. There's a place where you can submit questions there. All right. Okay. You do you. I that was, was trying, you know, I'm just trying to keep up here. Just okay. trying to keep up. Thank you, listeners, for letting us do that every week. Um, that keeps things like moving along. I we should have a pre-recording of that. Well, then it gets boring and people just start. It's true. This way we can keep it somewhat lively. We can make lively. it fun, yeah. We can make it fun <laughs> and have real-time updates like Robert, Joanne, and Lauren, who it's just true. jumped on board with us. <laughs> so anyway, um, we don't always do shout-outs, but when we do, they're they're unscripted and on the fly. Okay, so this, okay, where, where are we getting these ideas? I always like to start there. Yes. So we just, yesterday, okay, when you write a book and you have to submit it to a publisher, you do the the first big you, submission over submission it's yeah. like you write the entire thing and you you prayerfully <laughs> and w- with much trepidation <laughs> package it up and send it over via email <laughs> and you just hope that they don't laugh at you when you when you submit that okay they usually don't they come back and they say this is great here's where let's work off some of the they start knocking off rough rough edges yeah. right? start with the big kind of uh, systematic problems, yep. maybe things in just, you know, we've lost our train of thought or there's, uh, you know, miss, missing pieces that we didn't realize were there. And so that we start kind of adding texture um, and those sorts of things to it. Then we submit that back and then we get into the copy edits. And so we we had another round of edits there. And then we just did our final round of edits. Mm-hmm. And we submitted that yesterday. So I think it's officially out of our, uh, out of our hands. Yes. And we just did book typesetting and all that. So anyway, we're working on this book, all and it's called say, yes. See Through Marriage. And so these ideas come from one of the chapters in that book, namely around being see-through and transparent in Christian community. Mm-hmm. And so we, we we started, we had to really, because you, you can never write a book and assume that everybody knows where you're coming from, or they you can never assume that people know what you mean, even when you say the word Christian. Yeah. And so we kind of went... Even friendships and community. <laughs> Those yeah. are very yes. complicated carry a lot of weight words yes <laughs> if so, they're not unpacked and defined clearly exactly that's exactly right so we spent some time unpacking those things and defining those things and then we we unearthed kind of five differentiators of christian friendships mm-hmm. like what makes a friendship explicitly christian versus an, a worldly friendship or right. world just versus just a, a friendship you've had for years mm-hmm what makes it Christian or, or non-Christian? So, right. And, and the of course, implications of that, obviously, in your mm-hmm. marriage. Right. And so all I have to say is this is coming out of that book. Mm-hmm. If you And by the way, it's launching. It's going to release in May of this next year. 2020. May of 2020. If you want to be a part of that launch team, which means usually you get early access to the manuscript and you get bonuses and all that kind of good stuff. And it doesn't cost anything, I don't think. It costs a good rating on Amazon. Yes. <laughs> we just ask that you <laughs> basically kidding. basically help us build momentum around this book because it's yeah. an important message. Go to seethroughbook.com, all one word. See through is not the letter C, it's no. S-E-E. Whoever thinks it's C, the letter C, <laughs> you're not invited. Or S-E-A. <laughs> C, through. Oh, come on. We have, we have an intelligent listenership I'm here. I'm not saying that. There's, See through there's mar- a lot of people out there. Seethroughbook.com. <laughs> 
go to c3book.com. There's a little form there. You can just basically express interest. And then when the time comes, we'll email you. So anyway, that's that. So in marriage, friendships are key to keep us on the rails. Yeah. We've had many instances where you and I are just, we hit a wall mm-hmm. and we, it's, it's like we're, we're a wave crashing upon the shore <laughs> and we're divided. Right. And we need someone to kind of gather us together and right. say, here's the point. Here's right. the big picture. Here's who Jesus is. Here's who you are. Mm-hmm. Here's how you're not seeing this clearly. Mm-hmm. And they help us. Right. They help us. So I tell the story in the book of walking blindly on the beach <laughs> and how as my eyes were closed walking on the beach, I started conjuring images in my head of like logs that weren't there of the ocean that was a hundred yards away but i felt like it was gonna i was gonna walk into it any moment wave right yeah take take you out to sea and so without when we're blind when we don't see clearly we need people from the outside to remind us hey this is the Mm reality this is the truest reality yeah yeah and i think too the mistake that we at least i've personally made is that i've kind of gone to some people that I thought should be first responders to this for me and they weren't they shouldn't be and and I didn't hmm. realize that for a number of years and through a number of hard you know whoops conversations or you know coming back to Ryan telling him that I've talked to this person and this is what they said and him just like being blown you know attacked and feeling like he was thrown under the bus and disrespected mm-hmm. so there's a lot that can go wrong i think with good intentions hmm. um you know so we need to be careful that we are really identifying those true gospel-centered relationships um which actually is the f- is the first dif- differentiator <laughs> for yeah uh, again we're defining kind of our terms here well okay let's let's, let's back up and i want to look at some scripture you know i like to go fast i know we're gonna we have five differentiators so just <laughs> hang on and these are these are going to be like the litmus test that we use to say okay this friendship is is christian in the biblical sense right. and this one is not doesn't mean you can't be friends i want to make that very clear it just right. means that they're not that other friendship shouldn't occupy the specific role that a christian friend should play in the life of a person in the life of a married couple Okay. Can I also make the argument that we, some of us, I think we do have Christian friends okay. and even newer Christian friends that have well, good and awesome intentions, but may not be giving us the most wise and sound um, advice, basically, because they are still, you know, God is still sanctifying them and that there's a lot of worldly habits. And I think that are still spinning around inside of them. And so when they, when they give advice, it may not always be to the level of where we're at, not level. I don't want to be like we're above and beyond. Cause I think, I just think we have to be so careful about who speaks into right. our marriage and why and where they're at with the Lord. Because I have friends that call themselves Christians. Yeah. I think we all have those friends, but oh, they may not like be engaged in a small group and they may not go to a church consistently. And not that these are, I feel like these are kind of qualifiers uh, well, in some ways, especially in the West in, in yes. America, we have a cultural Christianity yeah. that, is not really biblical. I mean, modern evangelicalism has evolved into something that is contra, c- contrary mm-hmm. to the Bible. I, I mean, I'm not. It sounds way better to paint than what with, I was trying to say. <laughs> well, I'm not trying to paint with too broad of a brushstroke, no, but it's no. just true. Right? People are like, and oh so, yeah, I believe in God, but they're making decisions. The fruit is not there. They're I guess. checking the box yes. on the demographic questionnaire and right. they're saying but the yes, fruit Christian. is not there. And all they're saying is that I'm not atheist and I'm not a Buddhist, right? And I'm not. You know, I'm not. I just believe there's a God or something, yeah. a higher authority in some way. Yeah, I guess I'll call exactly. him God. And so the term Christian, okay, words are important. 
definitions matter. Yes. The term Christian was first introduced in the book of Acts, okay? And it was referring specifically to the New Testament church, which is, fierce listener, it's us. <laughs> we are the New Testament church. Uh, we're not the early church anymore, but we are part, we are, we are, uh, we are whole, descendants yeah. of the early church, and we are called to live in the same way. Yeah. Okay, so th- those are people who actually follow Christ. I once heard, heard someone call, uh, heard Christians called those quote unquote in the party of Christ, mm-hmm. meaning that we are, we are, we are, we're with him. Mm-hmm. Like he is traveling. We are his entourage. Like mm-hmm. we are the people of Jesus. We are Christians. That's why I like on Twitter and on Facebook and other places, I am unashamedly Christian. I call myself a Christian. I don't, you can, there's baggage with that term culturally. I get it. People hear that and they, mm-hmm. they hear all sorts of things that shouldn't be there. I don't care because I follow Christ. I'm in the party of Christ. You can deal with the baggage. We can talk through the baggage of what that term mm-hmm. has come to mean. But really what I'm, what I'm, when I say that I'm a Christian, when we say we are Christian, mm-hmm. we are saying that we are identifying with the people who are in the party of Christ, disciples of Jesus Christ, mm. the biblical Christ, mm. not cultural Christ, not Anglo-Saxon mm-hmm. white Christ. <laughs> Talking about the guy who was born in the Middle East. Right. We're following him. Yeah. Okay. And not the, yeah. not the Americanized, Westernized version of that. So that's what we that's what we mean when we say Christian. Okay, when we say Christian community, it includes the local church, mm-hmm. right? It, it, it and it includes uh, biblical word for church. Okay, is ecclesia. Selena loves that word. That's your favorite <laughs> favorite Greek word. <laughs> it's not. It's like your least favorite Greek word <laughs> it's just for not so lots of reasons. So funny sounding to me, but I it's I I value it nonetheless. So so that Greek word means the gathering or the assembly, and mm-hmm. this is what is meant when we refer to a church, a specific group of people who meet regularly in mm-hmm. person as an organized body of believers. Okay, so in a practical sense, your Christian community, okay, I'm using those terms very intentionally, right. includes fellow, fellow Christ followers who live their lives in close proximity to you, both geographically and relationally, okay? So what, who comes to mind to us is we have our friends, we interviewed them a while back, mm-hmm. it's the Warrior Poet Society, mm-hmm. John Lovell and Mrs. Poet, mm-hmm. uh, they're really good friends of ours. They live literally a country away. They, they, I mean, they live on the opposite end of... <laughs> We're in the, we're we in the Northwest. We live on the best coast. They live on the... <laughs> the worst coast. <laughs> the East Coast. No, see, we're in the Northwest. In the south, yeah. They're in the Southeast yeah. in Atlanta. And we're in the Seattle area. Yeah. And John's been encouraging me through the writing of this book, finishing it up. He's, they're writing a review for us. And we consider them our Christian community. Mm-hmm. Although we're not with them on Wednesday night. They're not in our gospel community, as we call them, in our church. Mm. And we have other friends that are in close proximity to us geographically and relationally. Mm-hmm. So that's what we talk about when we, that's what we mean when we say the word Christian community. Now, the Christian community at large uh, would be, could, in terms of culture, in terms of how people view us from the outside looking in, could be Christian leaders. It could mm-hmm. be people that call themselves Christian, you know. Usually it's televangelists and loud voices, the loud minority, as, I like to, as they are called. <laughs> yeah. Right. But there's this whole, I mean, the church at its root is a ground swelling movement. It's not a loud movement. It's Mm -hmm. a, it's a very um, subversive Mm -hmm. force in culture in a really positive gospel centered way. So anyway, all I have to say is that's what Christians are. That's what we mean by Christian community. That's what we mean by church. A lot of times a church will be not just a gathering in your home, but it's usually some sort of legal entity, a nonprofit entity. Now, the church itself is global, but they take local bodies. You, you should all know right. this. Takes on the form of a local church. 
that has to, has a certain tax, mm-hmm. <laughs> like tax status, <laughs> right? Has certain legal structure. Right. All that to an extent is arbitrary. Okay. Like the church will go on whether or not that tax status still exists, which right. I know it's been threatened lately. Yeah. Uh, the church will go on whether yeah. or not you get a tax break. Like at the end of the day, I don't care. This is Christian community and this is what we're called to live in. Yeah. Okay. So with that stage set, now we're going to jump into the five <laughs> differentiators of Christian community. And as we talk through these, listener, be thinking through your own friendships, be thinking through your own marriage, mm-hmm. be thinking through your own rhythms in your life, as we've done, right? Oh, yeah. And think, okay, so who who occupies this slot in our lives? And who are the who is who are the men, who are the women, who are the married couples who we go to mm-hmm. when we are in trouble, when we need encouragement, when we want to uh, wrestle through anything of substance that matters in life, mm-hmm. okay? So, Selena, what, with that I said... I feel like you just kind of outlined what's important we've and we've touched on this but to just kind of put a an identifier on it the first differentiator is gospel centrality Hmm. so what do you mean by that (laughs) (laughs) well we've again we've been sort of glossing over it a little bit we all have friendships maybe they're they're around an activity or a hobby or some sort of just common interest Hmm. kids activities school whatever um, and those friendships, you know, they're good and they're right, but they're not, uh, you know, they're not, they shouldn't be the ones that occupy that slot that you're mm-hmm. talking about when it, when it comes to living like see-through lives, having transparency with each other, yep. having a marriage that we, having friends that are married, you know, that, that we can talk, bring our marriage struggles to them. This, th- these people are probably not the ones that we will go to. Mm. Um, so when we're saying, you know, gospel centrality, the thing, like what you're saying was like Christian friendships. This is right. the slot. You're just, I mean, you basically like define that whole slot right. of the gospel is at the center. Not, we, not this, we know each other because our kids play t-ball. Maybe they do, but we know each other because we know Jesus well, our very, <laughs> together. And like, again, there's our like, greatest common ground is, is our need for and our satisfaction in the gospel, right? our need for Christ. Mm-hmm. Jesus is not just a footnote to our lives. He is the centerpiece of our lives. Right. He is our desperate need of him is not a sidebar. Right. The gospel is not something we, never move, we can ever move beyond. I think that's funny because you have, it's funny in not a hilarious sense, but in a peculiar sense, because we tend to think that we should just move past the gospel. Like right. I learned that when I became a Christian <laughs> and now I'm going to get into other things like how the, you know, how to topically apply the gospel to my life, how to topically look at the Bible. Absolutely not. The Bible is the good news of the revelation of God in the person and work of Christ. That is the Bible. So there's no getting beyond right. the gospel, particularly in friendships. Mm-hmm. So, I, I think that's a very important distinction that if we're, and again, we're talking about friendships that occupy this place in our lives. And it's something personally, like God has really brought clarity around for us. I would say in the last, I don't know, five to eight years, uh, because again, I think we had a, for me personally, I didn't really identify those relationships as being gospel central because I didn't have a full understanding of the gospel in a lot of ways. B, I didn't have people demonstrating that around me. And in the last five to eight years, we've, God has graciously brought us this community of people. He's allowed us to um, help start a church, you know, in the desert. And with those, that time in the desert really taught me relational, like intimacy. Mm. It taught me how to connect with people, not for, not for like what we can get from them, but because they're people and we need mm. to just 
be in community with each other and relational. I had a lot of just misinterpretations of things, I think, around gospel friends and what that looked like. And so the Lord has Mm. really brought us, I think, on a journey and brought this clarity to this. And maybe you're already operating in this and this is not new to you. But for us, it's been so refreshing to be able to have a safe place that we can talk to people where we know they're not just going to advocate our feelings and all of this, but they're they're going to really lead us to the feet of Jesus again right. through the struggles, through the frustrations, and help us, uh, give us the words sometimes to what we might be feeling and struggling with. Right. And I think that's one of the biggest things is just, okay, I can go to this person because I know they are in Christ and, and we are in Christ. We have mm. the same foundation here. So when I go to them and I'm saying this and I don't really know, I can't identify what the struggle is between me and Ryan or Ryan and I, what I can trust is that I know that they'll be able to filter through some stuff and and correctly name right. things that help me be able to take that next step forward. If I'm saying, yeah. if I'm calling something that it's something that it's not, um, I can't go forward from there. I need to identify what it is before I can start moving and, forward. And in you it. can't do that with somebody who doesn't share the same lens Foundation. through which you yeah. see the entire reality that mm-hmm. we live in. I mean, it's not just oh, this is uh, uh, the Christian part of my life, but this my entire reality, the whole universe, the whole cosmos is birthed out of the living God of scripture. Okay. That's our view. We talked to somebody on the phone yesterday who doesn't share that view. Yeah. I heard a quote is like, uh, uh, Christians believe in the virgin birth uh, of, you know, of Jesus. Atheists believe in the virgin birth of the cosmos. He said, pick your miracle. (laughs) (laughs) And so like, obviously we believe in the God of the Bible. So that, that informs every definition of every problem of every solution in our lives. Mm -hmm. And so gospel centrality, I, I want to go to the. I want to go to scripture real quick. <laughs> it's important. <laughs> Proverbs thirteen twenty. Walk with the wise and become wise. For a companion of fools suffers harm. Okay. What does it mean to be wise? Mm. Proverbs nine ten says, that "Fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom." So at its root, gospel. The gospel. Okay. The acknowledgement that I am a sinner takes mm. a fear of God, saying that you are perfect. I am not. Fear not. There's being afraid is part of it, okay? But it's more of a reverence, a sober realization that God is different from me. He is supreme. I am not. He is king. I am not king. And so when I say, uh, I fear the Lord, I, I, I am displaying wisdom, according to Proverbs 9, 10, 9 verse 10. And when I, and then the, the, the contrast to that is a companion of fools suffers harm. The Bible, uh, the Bible never refers to fools lightly, mm. particularly Proverbs. Fools are utterly, utterly destined for destruction. Okay, so friends are people that should be wise. Wise in the sense that they fear the Lord. Do they have to be the smartest person in the room? Do they have to be the valedictorian of their college class? Mm-hmm. No, they don't have to be any of that stuff, but they do need to fear the Lord. Because a companion of fools will suffer harm. So, mm. again, differentiator one, gospel centrality. Mm. And I think this is where it gets really, this is where the rubber meets the road, is that gospel centrality will allow us to move into differentiator number two, which is true unbridled transparency. Okay, so we talk about that a lot. Yeah. But what do we mean by that? What is true transparency in light of the gospel? Well, and in, you know, in the book, we talk about having like real-time struggle. So, again, you and we... These mm. are people again that and I can, we kind of regurgitated this in differentiator one, but these are these are people that we can go to in real time having struggles. You know, I've I've had friends say What do you mean in real time? What do you mean by that? So, so it's it's common. It's not, yeah. I think this is what you're getting at, is it's common for us to say, Oh yeah, I was really struggling with that 
I've, right. I've since I'm not Sorry, really struggling not, with them as more, but right, real time it's is not after the fact. It's in the middle of the fact yeah, it's <laughs> that like, it's happening, that you're saying, I'm, yeah. I'm having a hard time with this right now. Can you help me? Like you're in the middle of it. I think we have a tendency to <laughs> yeah. want to hide. We have a tendency to want to posture and we have a tendency to just always want to like have a good time kind of thing. And I had a friend tell me this and it kind of broke my heart. She was like, you know, going on about how her marriage is struggling. And then she's like, but I don't want to, I don't want to like share that with you right now. Like I want us to just, like what else I don't is want there? to bring you down or something. And I was like, oh, friend, like this is friendship. Like this mm. is what friendship in the Lord looks like is us not saying we all just commiserate every time we get together and have a well, play date a or whatever. Forward. There's a yeah, walking there's a movement forward. forward yeah. But you, I want you to come to me and feel the freedom to come to me and say like, I am broken. I am having a hard time. These mm. are things that we are struggling with. Can you pray with me or can we talk about this? Do you have any like recommendations on resources or anything like that and it's so i think that we can't be afraid of that we can't be afraid of that real-time struggle as as we call it because i know yeah. that i've lived in that and it's so it's a way of hiding it's a it's a it's a maneuver to hide it's right. a, to talk about things after the fact right and like oh i've already got this figured out or we tell people how we're dealing with it and not inviting them in well, if they have that as, if they hold that slot it's not as ugly heart. if you're not actively going through it you're not actively struggling with it well, if you're they're not, not giving... seeing the carnage that is the sin itself yeah it's not as it's not as hard to walk through however the risk like if you don't expose that to people mm-hmm. who love and care for you in light again in light of differentiator number one mm-hmm. gospel centrality then you uh then you risk stewing in that sin longer than you should mm. you risk you risk uh suffering harm mm-hmm. as proverbs thirteen twenty says you risk living as a fool, right? As a dog returning well, to his own vomit yeah. in a lot of ways. And and you also risk living in some falsehood too, I think, mm. at, a, at a level. We talk about Ephesians 4.25, Therefore, having put away falsehood, let each one of you speak the truth with his neighbor, for we are members of one another. So hmm. I feel like when we're not, when we're just kind of um, posturing, we can very much be glossing over some things that the Lord is trying to work out in our hearts and in our lives. Mm. And I think there's some falsehood with posturing that happens ever so slightly. And it's very, it's not, I'm not saying you're lying if you're not bringing up everything. Right. But there's, there's this core slot that these people hold. And if I'm not bringing that to them, then I'm, I'm sort of not giving them the chance to speak into this. I'm sort Mm. of, I'm hiding. There's, there's a lot of potential for, I feel like just some dishonesty and some falsehood to happen, I guess. I I was thinking, I'm thinking back to, um, we had a gospel community a couple weeks ago. We were at a friend's house, the host family, and one of the couples walks in, um, and Jake, who's the host, him him and his wife, Jess, they lead it. They're great friends of ours. We just love them. And <laughs> this couple walks in, and, and, and well, I won't say their names because I don't know if they want to be named. <laughs> it wasn't a big deal, but they had clearly been having a fight, like in the car on the way over. Oh, we've all walked in Oh, to absolutely, community. Absolutely. <laughs> Steaming and Jake, for Sunday morning And, and Jake, church. as he does, he's one of the most incisive guys I know. He goes, so you guys were just having a fight, huh? <laughs> and they both were just like, you could tell they knew that we knew. <laughs> And they knew they couldn't hide because we know them too well and we love them too fiercely. Yes. And Jake immediately just diffused it yeah. and talked to them. And it and it ended up kind of be, being a, a funny thing that we were able to talk them through it. It wasn't like they just all, all of a sudden forgot they were angry. Right. We just were able to help them and talk through it. Right. And so I think that one of the big differentiators within true transparency or one of the reasons why uh, Christian community 
it's so important transparency um sorry it's christian community so uh pivots so heavily on transparency is that it puts our true identity to the test right so if our community is grace-based and gospel-centered transparency will enliven everyone and stir our affections for christ Mm. remember if it's grace-based and gospel-centered there's number one it will enliven us and it will stir our affections for christ because we're pointing each other to to him Right. We're saying, oh, right, we don't, we're not perfect. Right. He already established that we're not perfect. That's already like well documented right. throughout scripture. Oh, I can look to him. Right. I don't have to look to myself. So compare that to the flip side, right? So, if it's okay. not grace-based and it's not gospel-centered. Right. So if it's centered on an activity. Or if it's centered on yourself. Right. Or if it's works-based. Yeah. Okay, so this happens within the church a lot. And that's why you have legalism. That's why you have people hiding mm-hmm. in plain sight. Mm-hmm. Right. So you're, then if, if your community is works-based and self centered your transparency will make everyone writhe in discomfort (laughs) right it's like i can't believe they're sharing that's that's (laughs) just too it's it well it just promotes that like what happens at you know family get-togethers you just kind of (laughs) gloss over or you just stop speaking right (laughs) like you're just if i think somebody shared they they were sharing a struggle they were going through with a family member and the family member just kind of like got up and walked away (laughs) like didn't have anything to say and they weren't believers and it was just like Okay, this yeah, is awkward. I got nothing to offer. You know? Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, again, I think that gospel centrality really comes to light, and that's why it's the first differentiator. Yeah, so um, let's let's recap real quick. So the first one's gospel centrality. The second one, differentiator, is true transparency. And that actually leads us very, very, I think, uh, organically into the third one, which is depth in discipleship. Okay, so you're thinking through a friendship, and you're asking yourself, does this friendship, is this a Christian friendship? Right. Okay. Is this one that I should invest into and should allow to have a voice in my life? Okay, so if you're asking yourself that, you have, you look, it's gospel centric. Okay, there's depth it's of there, it's great. It's transparent. Mm-hmm. Now there's depth of discipleship. That's the movement forward. Mm-hmm. Okay, so if we have if we're just being transparent and just exposing our dirty laundry just because there's no sanctification happening. Right. All it is is embarrassment and shame. Right. But if there's not reminders that says, hey. We're doing this not just to hear it, but to help you be sanctified in it, mm. to help you be sanctified out of that, mm. to help that be worked out of your heart by reminding you who Jesus is. Yes. Right? And so that's, that's the depth of discipleship piece. There's, there's action-oriented. There's, it's in First John. It says, we walk in the light as he is in the light mm-hmm. so that we can have fellowship, so that we can have purification of sin. Notice how walk is a very active it's an active stand verb. in the light. Or yeah, so you don't sit, sit there. The you don't light. wallow. You don't you you don't bask in the light. Even you walk in it. Okay. Mm-hmm. So that's the differentiator number three. Is there's depth in discipleship, and the way that looks is there's an attitude of discipleship. These are two pithy words. I apologize. There's <laughs> attitude and there's altitude, meaning that there's an attitude that says we're here, right? Specifically to to be discipled. We're here to disciple you. You're here to disciple us. And the whole point of it is to move forward. That's our attitude approaching it. And then there's the altitude piece which is now we're actually going, we're going deeper together, meaning right. that we're actually talking through these things together. We're here for a common purpose, but now we're actually going to go there mm. and we're actually going to work through this stuff. We're not just going to talk about being deep. We're actually going to be deep people. Right. And that takes intentionality, right? With mm. whatever conversations you're going to have, we're not just kind of getting together and checking in all the time, but we are saying, I'm going to come to you with these struggles and I want you to know, define that relationship with that person, you know, mm. saying this is the attitude and approach that I want to have with you and what 
I want to be able to bring to you and, and have you bring to me as well. You know, I think that that's really powerful to be able to yeah. articulate that to each other. There's a lot of A's there. Articulate, approach, yeah, attitude, you know, attitude. It's alliteration day. I love day. alliteration. It's my favorite. <laughs> it's my favorite. Okay. So let's do number four. Okay. Differentiator number four. And this one might get some people, they might scoff at us a little bit, but bear with us. And it's diff- it's uh, consistency. Mm. Differentiator number four of a gospel set or of a, of a fierce friendship is consistency. So why do we say this? <laughs> Hebrews 10, 24, 25. You want to read that? And let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day of drawing near. Yeah. Day yeah. approaching, I think, is another version. That's <laughs> yeah. what I was going to say, approaching. So, clearly, the author of Hebrews had, uh, he was aware of some who were skipping the <laughs> gatherings, right? Right. And he's urging them otherwise and saying, don't neglect meeting together, as is the habit of some, okay? Mm. But encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day drawing near. So, there's this urgency. I think the reason we blow off our gospel friendships, our Christian friendships, and specifically the ones that aren't based on some sort of mutual affection, mm-hmm. but are rather based on on the centrality of, of the gospel. The reason we blow it off is because we don't have any sense of urgency around that friendship, right? The day is drawing near. Okay. Yeah. Is God, is Jesus going to come back tomorrow? I don't know. He could. Yeah. <laughs> is he going to come? Like, no one knows the time or the day. But I would say this is, okay. We are finite beings. We're going to die. You know, uh, the the proverb says, "Give us a what is it? Teach us number our days and give us a heart of wisdom." <laughs> yes. that, something to that proverb effect. Nineteen, yeah. Um, so there's urgency there. I'd say this is a bit nuanced too, because I know that people struggle with coming to a group. There's a lot of uh, there can be a lot of social anxiety around that, and I think there can also be a lot of fear and shame from past mm-hmm. experiences yeah. of why we don't want to get too deep with people through and when you're consistent, it haps it happens. Like the more mm. you're exposed, the more familiar you are. Um, it's it's like memorizing scripture. The more you go to it, the more it gets into you, right? And so yeah. the more we are around these people, the less we can hide, essentially. And so I think that, again, we need to, there's a lot of things that we can do, but allow the Lord to, to lead us um, not in fear and shame, but in, in grace and in mm. love, uh, and to know that he is a gentle, a gentle, merciful shepherd, right? right? That is, that understands the heart of his sheep and that, when we don't want to go, that's probably the one day that we need to go. Mm. I've I've had that those feelings of gosh, it just feels like too much to just get out of the house. I'm not saying you got to do it every time, but if the consistency is there, like I feel like God meets you through your through those types of friends and through those relationships, yeah. and you can even go there saying I had a really hard time getting here, or right. we've had friends in our group kind of share, you know, it's it's hard for me to come, and I'm always glad when I do, but the days that I miss, you know, they, they this person was being transparent about some inner struggles that, that they have, uh, when, when they miss it, it's because they don't want to, and they're hiding and they're scared and there's a lot of fear associated with that. And so I guess I just want to, you know, God hasn't given us a spirit of fear, right? But of power and love and a sound mind. And that's Mm. a powerful verse. Uh, and it's not a simple thing to overcome fear and shame to come to Mm. a group. And so, um, just know that every time you come, every time you show up, that consistency is going right. to make it easier and easier. Well, it's and God meets us there in His goodness. Any anything worth having or growing into is going to require consistency. Mm-hmm. Like there's obviously the, the old adage, "You are what you eat," right? Mm-hmm. Well, that is true on every level. Like whatever you do consistently, that's who you're going to become. Mm-hmm. 
And that's why the author of Hebrews is saying, don't neglect meeting together. Yeah. Because if we're not, again, this is, this is, we're talking about the friendships that occupy the slot that we're calling Christian gospel-centered friendships in our life for the, for the purpose of sanctifying us, discipling us. Mm. So if we're not spending any time around those people, around those ideas, around God's word mm-hmm. as a people, then we are never going to grow into fully mature uh, married people or fully ch- fully mature disciples. We're always going to be hobbled. Mm-hmm. We're always going to be lagging behind. We're always going to be wondering why we can't figure things out, why God's word is not penetrating our hearts. And so there is a sense of urgency here. That's what I want to say is, mm-hmm. no, there's no legalism. Okay. If you don't show up, doesn't mean your salvation is at risk. That's not what your we're saying. Your points are not duped. But we're saying walk with the wise. Walk with them. Make this a, mm. a rhythmic part of your life. Be consistent because anything that is worth having is worth being consistent at trying. Right, right. So think of the going Bible to the gym. Talks, think of your eating habits. Think of how you parent your kids. Think of how you clean your house. Mm. Like anything you do consistently is going to be more formative than just a one-off Right, Sprint. right. And and the Bible is consistently talking about uh, the one another's. I think pastors have done sermons, for a n- right. number of sermons on like one another, love one another, bear with one another, stir up one another. There's there's a lot right. of one another's <laughs> in the Bible, which brings us, which emphasizes the point, I think, of just consistency of meeting together with these people mm. who hold that slot. So I just want to read this quick sentence here because I think it adds texture that it might be helpful in case people are objecting it's even still after all this time <laughs> it says any relationship can grow despite meeting sporadically and inconsistently okay so any relationship can still grow even if you're not consistent yeah. some of my best friends are guys I don't talk to for months John Lovell is a good example of that <laughs> I mentioned him earlier and when we do finally reconnect we pick up right where we left off that's great the difference is that those friendships aren't what I'd call my uh close proximity Christian community like people that geog- I'm geographically, geographically yes yeah. they're not the ones that I'm necessarily discipling and being discipled by but they are what I still consider Christian community mm-hmm. okay so I just want to make that little differentiation sure. there so with that we have a fifth one go ahead differentiator number five is commitment commitment hmm. so what does that mean well, this is the final one <laughs> it's the final <laughs> the one final and fifth one so what is commitment so it's Clearly, it's hard to... The, all the stuff we've discussed here is difficult. It takes effort. It mm. takes time. It takes investment. All right? It's really easy to show up to a group for a finite period of time that is closed-ended. Right? And we're saying there are times when that happens in certain spheres of life. But when it comes to this level of community, mm. it should be you should be committed ongoing, to it. Yeah. And saying, I'm not just going to abandon this when it gets hard. When, when friendships get awkward, I'm not going to run away. When I get embarrassed, I'm not going to run away. Or when, you know, my kid starts the new baseball league or when, you know, ballet practice starts happening on Wednesday nights. No, like this commitment trumps that one. Mm. And I think that's what, that's what we're getting at here is that it's always, uh, it's, there's always going to be opportunity to, to shirk this one Mm -hmm. unless you are committed to it. Right. Right. So what's the difference between consistency and commitment? Well, consistency is, it has more to do with the tactics of it, right? Okay. Like I'm just going to show up day in, day in and day out knowing mm-hmm. that it's going to pay off. The commitment is a big, it's like a gut level. Like you can get through the con- inconsistency part if you're committed. Mm. If you're not committed, it's just a matter of time until 
until you, 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 you kind of bail. Our pastor always reminds us, and I love this. He says to newcomers, uh, one critical step in joining the community group is to lower your expectations. <laughs> I know. I think when we first came, he's like, just don't ha- go into it without any expectations. And I was yeah. like, fair enough. Fair enough. I take that. That's yes. Yeah. I will. I will receive that. <laughs> yeah. And so what he's saying is that you're not expecting everyone to be terrible, but it's a warning to brace, uh, Brace yourself for true humanity yeah. and your own humanity, the humanity of others, excuse me, mm-hmm. expect imperfection mm-hmm. and, and let that be the governing principle. Like, hey, we're all here because we're imperfect. Right. And I'm committed to you because you're a brother or sister in Christ. Right. Not because you're perfect, not right. because this is fun, not because this is convenient, mm-hmm. but because I trust him and I trust that biblical community is for his glory and for our good. Mm. Right, mm-hmm. and so I, so Christian community in that sense is a bit like marriage, meaning that you are fiercely committed. Uh, you have to be fiercely committed if you're mm-hmm. if you're ever going to experience the depth available uh, on the other side of every trial. Right. right, right. So, and this is you know in First Corinthians twelve twenty seven twelve twelve through twenty seven that was written mm. <laughs> I get it. Um, this is how the body of Christ is supposed to function. You know, mm. we're not individual. We're individual believers, a part of one body, but we're not bodies on our own, right? Yeah. We're all connected through the body of Christ. And having these, and I think we should just uh, recap real quick, having these uh, differentiators yeah. in place, they, they build off each other. They are they are meant to help us stay connected and stay growing together yeah. uh, through the hard times. Because if we are stagnant, if we stay in one place, if we don't have anybody speaking into us, we are just going <clears> to, <throat> excuse me, we're just going to die off this we're not even gonna be a part of a vine we'll just be a a branch that falls to the ground like we have to stay like john 15 5 is i love john 15 5 god's just spoke to me so many times through being he's the vine we are the branches we need to abide in him yeah um but There's so much richness just, to be had there, and the idea of abiding, oh, and the yeah. idea of He's divine where the branches. There's also the word picture used a lot in scriptures: the body of Christ, right? The body right. of believers. You have different members of the same body, different functions, different gifts, different all these. All that bears. It, it comes, you know, mm-hmm. comes to light and works itself out within Christian community. Mm-hmm. And so, again, just to reiterate, we are talking about specifically not just friendships, but friendships that are gospel-centered and discipleship driven Mm -hmm. and occupy the slot where you can actually be meaningfully vulnerable based on your common view of who Christ is and who you are as a result. So let's recap these real fast. Go ahead, Sel. Yeah, the first one is differentiator number one, gospel centrality. So we are, our friendship and our relationship is based on the fact that we are both gospel-believing Christians who believe the same things live the same things, um, want the same things, and have the same values around that. Uh, The second one is true transparency, which I think would be us walking through things in real time with each other, Mm -hmm. being truly transparent. So having Mm -hmm. those struggles uh, together day to day, not just after the fact. Uh, The third one is depth in discipleship. So, which would I'll just jump in, yeah. which is basically taking the gospel centrality and the transparency to its next common or the next logical progression point is <laughs> like this is for sanctification. Mm. So let's actually work through these things together. Let's just not just pretend to be deep. Let's go deep. Yeah. Let's work together in it. Uh, the fourth one. Go ahead. 
differentiator number four is consistency. So meeting a part of that group consistently, being with those friends consistently. Remember, it's if we're doing these real, if we're going through these real time struggles, mm. there's a consistency and a familiarity that happens with that consistency yeah. that allows us to go. Yeah. Uh, deeper with each other and then differentiator number five is commitment mm. which i'll let you vamp on that which commitment is just the, the you're you're placing it on on a um you're placing higher value mm. on this gathering or on this group of people or on this friendship because you are expectant of how god is going to use it for his glory and for mm. your good so it's just being committed knowing that's going to be hard but you're going to stick to it right you're not going to give up when it gets hard so just on the last two uh, and the reason why I want to do this is contrast. Okay, so these are differentiators, yeah. differentiators, consistency and commitment. Think about any sort of secular friendship that you might have. Again, friendships are fine. They're good. Have them. But consistency isn't a marker of a secular friendship. A secular friendship is let's get together based on when it's fun, when it's convenient, mm-hmm. when our kids want to play, when we're it's based crossing on other paths. Things. I mean, really, you could go... Yeah. You could compare, you could contrast all right. five. So gospel centrality versus a hobby or some sort of mm. interesting thing, right? That's going to change the whole dynamic of the You're friendship. Right. You're right. True transparency. Well, if we're not doing that, we're we're kind of staying on the surface here, right? We're not really diving in deep. So let's we, so let's do that. Let's do that's let's have that be your couples conversation okay. challenge. I'm just going to go into, it, but that's good. Yeah. I think think through the differences answer, yeah. in your friendships between gospel. Uh, what so are we go calling through these? the five so like fierce friendships, yeah. Fierce friendships, Christian friendships versus maybe friendships. non-Christian <laughs> friendships. Okay, right, right. And again, thinking through the, all the nuances of what we said a hundred times now, <laughs> how are your? How do your own friendships stack up? And what friends do you have that would fit within these five differentiators? In other words, when you think through the people that you know and love, are they different in these ways? Mm-hmm. And just talk around that. And then mm-hmm. if you don't have them, maybe think about a couple that you could maybe consider going deeper with, discipling with, yeah. being committed to, being consistent with, and what that might look like in your daily, weekly, monthly rhythms Absolutely. of life. Okay? it's good stuff. Oh, man. Selena, I've been talking a lot. I'm sorry. No, it's good. So this part of the book is comes from one of my chapters. Yes. So that's why I kind of took the lead. It's okay. But, You're allowed to take the lead. Uh, I think I took the lead on the other two yeah. podcast episodes. But So, listener, powerful. if you... If, if you're interested in this book, it's, again, it's called See Through Marriage. It's It comes out in May of 2020. We would love to have you on our early access list slash launch team list slash pre-order list, all that kind of stuff. If you're interested and you want early updates and you want first access to all the good stuff, mm-hmm. just go to seethroughbook.com. There's going to be a form there. Uh, just give, your na- give us your name and email. We won't spam you, I promise. <laughs> um, you can always unsubscribe, of course. But right. that way, you at least are on the, you're on the inside track in terms of being on that launch team. I think you get like the manuscript download for free. I, I think, think that's so. what we do. Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, do that early because we're not going to have it open forever um, because we can't just give it away to everyone. <laughs> <laughs> so our publisher would not be happy about that, especially yeah. after holding our hand yes. so tightly through this writing process. We need to eat food and have a roof over our head. <laughs> yes. So. <laughs> yes, yes. So, yeah. Anyway, Selena, could you pray for us yes. as we close out? God, thank you so much for... The gift of friendship that you've given us um, through each other, our spouse being married, but also through the community that you've placed us in. Thank you that you bring people into our lives. And there's purpose there and there's intention there and there's glory for us to give to you there. God, you've given us so much. I pray that you would help us to use wisdom to be able to differentiate between 
gospel-centered friendships and friendships that are not there and that may one day very well be there, but that are not there yet, Lord. Give us wisdom in how we proceed and how we operate and how we Mm. attain all that you have for us in those friendships, Lord. Uh, Help us. I pray that fear would be uprooted. I pray that uh, shame would be uprooted through these friendships, God, and that you would... Uh, Holy Spirit, you would prompt us. Holy Spirit, you would guide us and lead yeah. us in these in these areas. Uh, for the couple who doesn't have this this community yet, God, I pray that you would bring it. That thank you that you are faithful to bring it wherever we are. Uh, for those of us in it, Lord, help us to continue to maintain uh, consistency and commitment, uh, yeah. and to be transparent with each other. We love you, God. Thank you for uh, this moment mm-hmm. in time for us to be able to share what you have impressed in our hearts and shown us and taught us in mm-hmm. our lives. In your name, Amen. While you were praying there, I just something came to mind, and it's yes, you're absolutely right. Some friendships may not be here today, but mm-hmm. with intentionality and with prayer and with just boldness and letting the gospel do what it does yeah. and transform hearts, those couples could be they, they could be that for you. And I think that was probably one of my biggest struggles is that I so badly wanted those people to be brought in, and they just weren't there yet. And I'm, and because we have such a, an affinity for maybe a mm. hobby or something. Well, that's, I guess we should have said this, but that doesn't, like people that are in our group aren't mature Christians. Right. That's one of the most beautiful things yeah. is that they've committed themselves and in a lot of ways submitted themselves yeah. to being a part of this community. And it has transformed us. Yeah. It has transformed them. And we, just the other day we were looking back and we we always, I always tear up because I'm like, man, do you remember where you guys were 18 months ago? Yeah. How you were on the verge of divorce. You were in a deep, dark place, mm-hmm. steeped in addiction, steeped in, you know, shame, regret, all this stuff. Mm-hmm. And now look at you. Mm-hmm. Look at what God has done so good. in your life and in your heart. And man, that makes us rejoice, doesn't it? Yeah. So all I have to say is that you don't have to be perfect. Like your friends don't have to be perfect. There's no like application form. But there are these differentiators that I think uh, they compel us to to not just be casual friends, but intentional mm, yeah. friends if it's going to be a Christian friendship. All so right? good. So good. All right. Okay. With all that, this episode is? In the can. Friends, thank you so much for joining us for this episode 131 of the Fierce Marriage <laughs> Podcast. That's quite a few, not including bonus little segments. Yep. So we will see you again in about seven days. And until then, stay fierce. Thank you for listening to the Fierce Marriage Podcast. For more resources for your marriage, please visit FierceMarriage.com or you can find us with our handle at Fierce Marriage on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Thank you so much for listening. We hope it's blessed you. Take care. Take care.